But I'm telling you, these walls are funny. First you hate them, then you get used to them. Enough time passes, you get so you depend on them. Hello and welcome to the Weekly Real Podcast. My name is Ken. And my name is Jeremy. And this week we will get busy living or get busy dying. Nah, it ain't that serious, but uh, we'll be <laughs> we'll just be talking about the 1994 epic film, The Shawshank Redemption. But before we talk about Shawshank, uh, you know what, Jeremy, let's get right into our podcast ritual. Uh, do you want to highlight a movie or TV show that you've watched over the last week. All right, man. So I actually have a bit of a different one. I guess it's an animated movie that just came out. Uh, it's with our buddy, uh, Jensen Ackles, voicing oh. none other than the Batman in actually Batman The Long Halloween Part 1. So it's based off the comic, obviously. I think it the movie itself was pretty okay it's one of the more famous batman storyline comics um if we're just watching this uh animated animated movie i should say uh, reminded me a lot of the dark knight just because the the dark knight actually uh drew a lot of inspiration from this storyline and kind of like the tones of it too so i was like ooh, and uh i guess fyi jensen ackles actually does a pretty good batman hmm yeah, I actually uh, heard that uh, when we were talking about Jensen Ackles uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, when we were talking about him in The Boys, I remember just seeing the forums or whatever about Batman and everything. I was like, oh, shoot. I didn't even realize he was a Batman. But anyway, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, so it's, it's a pretty good, it's a pretty good, good story so far. Uh, obviously, part two hasn't come out yet. They just released part one. Um, and it's only like an hour and a half. But I still haven't fully formed my opinions on it yet i don't think because it's pretty fresh i just finished it recently wait so are there only going to be the two parts i think so because they they're both an hour and a half each i I would assume since they're animated movies Mm -hmm. um but yeah also josh dumel plays um harvey dent i thought oh Oh. that's a actually a pretty good casting too so um the cast is pretty like recognizable i guess in terms of a animated movie oh interesting so are they gonna show his uh transition into turning into two-face yeah i guess uh just in case i don't want to spoil it for people who haven't seen it ah but he's in it and you get definitely uh harvey dent uh the dark knight vibes rachel rachel Freaking yeah! What was her name again? Rachel. <laughs> every time, every time that scene, freaking Heath Ledger and uh, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, David Aaron Eckhart? Eckhart, yeah, or Aaron Eckhart. Oh my goodness! And then uh, I love the part when uh, Bat or he's torturing the guy in the alley, and then Batman stops him, and he's like, "You can't give it." 
<laughs> all the sudden outbursts are so good by Aaron Eckhart. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, all of a sudden this guy's going crazy, man. Yeah. Uh, he he literally goes from zero to 100 each time. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like he's uh, two minds about everything. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So it's perfect. Perfect casting, Christopher Nolan. I love it. Yeah, all around. Uh, how about you? <laughs> Okay, so uh, I will quickly say that I finished Mayor of Easttown. It's the show that I mentioned last week. And oh my goodness, I think it's the best TV show so far this year. I know we're only halfway through, but it's definitely going to be a a very strong contender to, I guess, finish 2021 like that. I feel like uh, we were kind of, I was talking about, um, you know, it being a detective show or whatever. You know, it's like a part of the show is. You're trying to figure out who done it, and uh, I did not get it right. We'll just say, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was I was way off. So um, I think you should watch it whenever you have seven hours of your time to watch a show like this. You will really love this show. The twists, the turns, uh, the acting, the relationships, all the stuff that I went into last week. Anyway, you mentioned a animated film uh this week and i'm actually gonna mention an uh, uh an animated film as well so the movie that i want to share this week is uh, uh is a movie that came out on disney plus it's a pixar film luca i was entertained uh i was uh, i had i didn't really have any expectations going in so i was like oh okay let's just watch this i just kind of want to watch a, a pixar movie and hope that it's entertaining and it was, um, I, you know what? I also thought it was pretty darn creative, you know, Pixar. I mean, their characters are so likable. I mean, only Pixar can come up with a movie about sea monsters who live in a fictional town, um, that is kind of set in Italy. They call it Porto Rosso. Um, and so, I mean, you're talking about, you know, sea monsters and Italy, and it just made me want to, um, eat pizza and, pasta (laughs) it was so good i love the overall feel of it because it's kind of like along the coast or whatever you get those vibes and i i really did miss you know traveling to to italy and me wanting to kind of just be along the mediterranean and just eating just eating a lot of carbs bro (laughs) (laughs) you know what's weird because i've seen like posters for luca but I it's weird. Uh, I didn't know anything about the movie. Like I, I feel like the promotions or the marketing has been kind of slow for it. I actually think. Yeah, and I don't know if it's because of the pandemic or if these release or releases are basically going directly to, um, uh, directly to Disney Plus instead of going to, you know, like being released in theaters, I feel like uh, it got a similar, like, surprise, here's another movie. Like, last Christmas, um, they released that movie Soul, uh, which was voiced by Jamie Foxx. And I thought that was uh, obviously a different type of movie, but I felt it was just as entertaining. It was just entertaining for different reasons. All right, so uh, if you had to recommend one over the other, which one do you think I would like more? Uh, for you only because uh, a couple weeks ago you mentioned not really liking musical movies, <laughs> even though it is about jazz. Um, I, I'd recommend Luca over um, over over Soul, but right. I 
I feel I feel like I would recommend both in general because I I was entertained by both. All right, yeah. What I'm always afraid of because I love when you know Pixar movies they make you cry and all that stuff, but there is a point where there, it just feels like they're it's blatantly obvious that they're trying to do it. You know, this one though will give you the feels in a different way. It'll make you remember what it's like to kind of be a kid it's one of those oh. movies all right yeah sounds pretty good yeah I, th- I think you'll i think you'll like uh i think you'll like luca all right man but the movie that we're talking about today is uh a little bit different a little bit more adult <laughs> a little bit yeah and that and pretty much the reason why i watched luca was because i knew this week was going to be a little bit uh more of a slower story uh it's going to be a little bit more heavy-handed but uh uh, like I've mentioned the last couple of weeks, it's definitely one of my uh, favorite movies of all time. And so this week, we meet a man who is convicted for a double murder of his wife and his lover. And obviously, I'm not talking about O.J. Simpson because he was never convicted. <laughs> but this man, Andy Dufresne, has to serve a back-to-back life sentence uh, at Shawshank Prison in the 1994 modern classic the shawshank redemption and so uh again like we do here in the weekly reel uh podcast every week we issue our spoiler warning even if it is a 27 year spoiler warning it is currently streaming on hbo max so please uh definitely check it out if you haven't done so already if you haven't done so already man what's wrong with you i'm just kidding because i mean that's what i was saying to to jeremy i'm just <laughs> especially when we were trying to figure out movies to uh rev- you know just go over for each of these episodes but it is currently streaming on hbo max um i don't know how long it'll be on there but definitely take the time to watch this movie uh, uh it's not te- you know what i thought it was longer uh a longer movie but yeah surprisingly it was only quote unquote 222 uh, but it goes by really quick, but uh, definitely recommend, like I mentioned to Jeremy, watch it with the subtitles on because you do not want to miss any of the dialogue. It's great. A it's one of the best um, written movies. I feel like of all time. But anyway, Jeremy, finally, you've gotten to see Shawshank Redemption. And so, I mean, Talk about some of the things that immediately jumped out at you when you finally did watch it. You know, because uh, it's crazy. I still I haven't watched this movie, and it's one of the, obviously this movie's in a lot of people's top ten list of all time. And I, you know, I didn't go having to. I didn't have any. High, I guess I did have high expectations, of course. And I feel like my expectations were met uh, for the most part. Because the story is so good, and the characters, like you said, and the acting is so good in this movie that everyone, all the sporting cast, the main character, they're all interesting, they're all unique. I think that's some of the things that stood out the most to me. Because, you know, when you go into prison movies, it's like, oh, there's the stereotype guy and all that stuff. Um, Surprisingly, you know, it was light at times. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I didn't expect it to be... As light as it was, considering the considering the the topic and the situation, but obviously it got really really dark and 
very depressing at points too. I'm like, God dang. So I love the the roller coaster that this movie takes you pretty much from not feeling any hope to getting hope again, but then crushing it and then bringing it back one last yeah. time. Yeah, I mean, uh, the, again, I, th- I feel like that's why um, it's widely regarded and, and so loved is because you get all these different emotions watching this movie. Um, did you have a favorite aspect of Shawshank Redemption that you liked, uh, one, you know, over, you know, like, did you like the lighthearted parts? Did you like the uh, more of the kind of like the, the dialogue and the relationships between the characters? Did you like the overall story? Uh, what was um, what what do you think was your favorite aspect of Shawshank Redemption? I actually think it's the the character development of Andy. Andy Dufresne and the, just his relationship with not just Red because obviously that's the obvious one and um, you know as you get uh, closer to the end of the movie you're afraid that maybe Red might you know kill himself obviously from the pressure of the the outside world but also his relationships from the rest of the uh, I guess people in Shawshank it was really entertaining especially uh, seeing him teach Tommy was such a like. Yeah. Uh, heartbreaking relationship as well. So it it was pretty cool to see that he was at first that very ice cold type of guy where he didn't really want to talk to anyone for what a month at least until he talked to Red. Um, but yeah, I would probably say the uh, the character arc for Andy Dufresne. Yeah, I felt like um, I felt like we got to you know, put ourselves in Andy's shoes because, you know, like when you're, when you're, um, in the beginning, when you do see Andy, um, in Shawshank, you're actually also trying to get a feel of what life is like within the walls of Shawshank Redemption, uh, 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 of, of the movie, I should say. And, uh, and I feel like, you know, you could kind of relate to like what he's going through a little bit. I mean, minus the, you know, having to deal with the sisters and getting beat up or whatever. But even that part, man, is, is pretty scary. You kind of put yourself in his shoes. Um, what was your favorite, I guess, um, maybe, I don't even know. What, what do you think was a good turning point uh, for Andy uh, as it relates to like his experiences within um, Shawshank? You know, I would probably say it's when he started building that library. Definitely for sure. That's when he opened that's when he opened up fully. Um, but what was crazy, just as an audience member, not knowing any spoilers about the movie, I didn't know if he actually did it, you know? Like there was that mystery of whether or not Andy actually killed um his wife and her lover, pretty much. And they're for a lot of the movie, you're wondering, did this guy actually do it? Because whenever he gets asked, it's like, oh, we're all innocent in here. <laughs> the lawyer screwed me or whatever. <laughs> the lawyer fucked me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so in that way, it's like I love that aspect of the movie too. And um, it's like the, the, the dagger, I guess. Uh, of fully buying into, um, like really liking Andy's character because I, you know, you got used to him and got you started to really like him, 
But the one that's like, oh yeah, you're ro- fully rooting for this guy is when uh, Tommy finds out that uh, mm. another guy murdered uh, those two people. Yeah, actually, one of my favorite underrated Andy parts. Uh, and I remember smiling uh, when I did see that part when um, he gets all the donations from the state or whatever it was, and then you know he got you know some of the hand-me-down books, and he got like these records or whatever, and he got the the record player, and for him to um, randomly play the the opera music, it just felt like you know people were free or whatever. Everyone was just like, "What is going on? <laughs> what what is this music?" And when um, when Warden Norton with uh, with Byron Hadley, when they they come up to the door and they're trying to get him to open, and f- that look that he gives both of them, as you know, when they're trying to get him to turn it off and open the door, and he like literally just looking him right in the eyes, and he just defiantly turns up the music. I thought that was one of my favorite underrated uh, moments of with with Andy. Yeah, he definitely gave a Kevin McAllister type of grin right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah he did i mean um in i mean yeah, yeah you could tell that um you know it made him feel like he was free at that moment in time even if it was just more of a a mental thing because um i mean it meant, he mentioned it a little bit later on where you know when he <laughs> for that one stunt he was put in the hole for what was it a week i i forgot already um they were thinking it was like, oh, th- you know, he was talking about bringing Mozart or listening, you know, just having music in his heart or in his head. And, mm-hmm. you know, all the guys were just, at, they were asking, I was like, hey, where, did they allow you to bring her, the record player in the hole? Obviously, <laughs> they, they were going to do that. But, I mean, he was very thoughtful in a lot of the things that he did. Um, and I don't know. I feel like that's why Andy's uh, a very liked character. Yeah, I I probably would want to say one of my favorite parts. I don't know if this is kind of spoiling it too. Um, was when they're tarring the roof, mm. and uh, basically he confronts Hadley to basically, uh, I guess, haggle with him and pretty much like, oh, I'll help you out with your whole uh, money situation if you give my uh, give my friend some beers, pretty much. Right. Yeah. I mean, he was. I mean, he was trying to help out Hadley. Um, I think he, you know, Hadley thought he was being a smart ass or whatever, but, and, and he thought he was, you know, he wasn't, you know, he was, um, kind of messing with him or whatever, because it, it seemed unbelievable to be able to keep all the $35,000. And, you know, this is back in the, uh, late forties, I believe at this point, like 49, 50, something like 49, I think. Um, and you know, $35,000 is a lot of money. Um, we should probably check out the, uh, I guess the inflation rate or whatever, but, uh, for, I guess him to go out as a gout, go out of his way to figure out a way to gain favor with the main guard, um, and be able to do something for his, uh, his friends and everything. Um, he knew he knew how to play the game to be able to survive because I mean when you're starting out as fresh fish, um, you know like you don't know anyone and I feel like I mean Red talked about it those first couple of years were his toughest years because of what he had to go through um, with the sisters and you know the the laundry job and everything and just you know fitting in. 
Yeah, man. I definitely hated I hated the sisters so much. Probably if we had most hated character <laughs> later on in weekly real wards, it's pretty close tie with freaking the warden, man. Yeah. Or or Byron Headley. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. But you know, he's um that's Mr. Krabs. <laughs> so <laughs> that's true. If I if I hear as much as a mouse's fart, <laughs> I always crack up at that part, even though you just beat the shit out of fat eyes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was going nuts. I lo- that was I felt bad, but I was laughing. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, there was one other thing before we get into the topics that I did want to ask. Uh, in in you know we were talking about how obviously the the center of the the show is um or center of the movie I should say is. Andy's friendship with with Red. I mean, both characters are so well liked. Uh, they're two of my favorite characters of all time. And um, but they had differing views. I mean, and I'm just strictly talking about when they were within the walls of Shawshank, of the concept of hope. You know, I kind of mentioned it a little bit on last week's preview. I was like, ah, I'll just mention it kind of generally. He won't know what this means until he actually watches it. Well, anyway, uh, there was this one point, uh, remember, after he um, he does his time, the fir- his first stint in the hole, and I'm talking about Andy, and he's, talk- he's talking about how, um, you know, with the music and everything, and, and this is where we find out that uh, that Red used to play the harmonica, and so... Ooh. Andy responding back to you know the har- harmonica. There's like, oh, Red, you play the harmonica. I was like, well, here, and, and I'll, I'll quote this. It goes, he goes, and he's talking about hope. Here's where it makes the most sense. And he's talking about Red playing the harmonica. You need it so you don't forget. And then Red's like, forget. And then Andy's like, forget that there are places in this world that aren't made of stone. There, uh, that there's something inside that they can't get to that they can't touch that's yours and then red was like what the hell are you talking about <laughs> and he's talking about hope and then when i mean so you could kind of see his viewing of hope you know it's obviously more of in a positive manner but then red responds back basically saying let me tell you something my friend hope is a dangerous thing hope can drive a man insane it's got no use on the inside. You better get used to that idea. And so I wanted to quickly ask you, if you were an inmate at Shawshank Redemption, like what side of the coin do you would you fall on uh, as it relates to hope? Dude, man, just putting myself in their shoes, I would be definitely the skeptic, like Red, pretty much. Like just thinking about that you're serving a life sentence. And basically, if you ever got out, the whole world has changed. And uh, basically, can you ever fit in that life again? That's a. I would probably be more on red side, just like um, shoot, what's his name? What's the older guy? Brooks. Brooks. Yeah, yeah. Just the. I forgot the fact that you know. Obviously, the movie was made in the '90s, but it takes place in the '40s. Majority of it. Um, and it was crazy when he's like, I went outside and there were cars before, but, you know, not as many as now. It's like, imagine that. Just imagine uh, if we 
uh, were serving a life sentence. And then we, by the time we got out, there was like freaking flying cars or something like that. I know. That'd be crazy. Because I think uh, for Brooks, I think he was in Shawshank for 50 years. None of us are 50 years old yet. (laughs) And he was in Shawshank for 50 years. That's so crazy to me. And so I would definitely be on the more like cynical, uh, pessimistic side for sure. Yeah, I feel like I, I'm, I'm the same way. Um, I feel like, and th- obviously this, you know, watching the end and, you know, knowing that Andy ends up uh, escaping and, and there's more great quotes on hope. But I feel like kind of looking back on it now that now that we know how the, the you know, how it turns out and all this time, Andy's kind of digging with his rock hammer. <laughs> so I feel like. During this time, I feel like, especially with his act of defiance uh, with uh, with the record player and everything in the opera, playing the opera record, I feel like at this point, Andy, and this is a theory of mine, was getting close to tunneling out. Like he was already getting pretty close to, you know, figuring out a way to kind of escape or whatever. And I feel like just that giddiness gave him a more positive you know outlook on what hope would look like because he was already kind of almost there but you know like if i was there i probably wouldn't be have that perspective i would definitely also choose uh red's perspective because you don't want to you don't want to give yourself a false sense of hope because man you're gonna be there for uh, uh, probably until you die really and <laughs> yeah why torture yourself like that you know yeah, dude, freaking just the imagine uh, and serving like what's supposed to be two life sentences for Andy. I can't even imagine that. And especially ones that you didn't commit. <laughs> freaking oh, A, know. man. I know. That's so crazy. Uh, but uh, Jeremy, let's get right into our topics. And um, I actually have a couple of hypothetical topics for you. And so here's the first one. Um, do you think Andy would have survived his time at Shawshank had Red been granted parole in 1947 before he technically arrived. Because that was one of the earlier scenes was Red, you know, getting his parole uh, requests denied. So what do you think? I don't think so, honestly. Um, yeah, I, I guess there was the point of, you know, Red is the guy that can get you anything. But, you know, there were other guys that could get him anything also. Because, uh, obviously, if he wasn't able to get the supplies, then he wouldn't be able to escape. But besides that, I don't think it was any of, like, the tools or anything like that that basically allowed him to survive in Shawshank. It was, it's the mental game. Uh, I don't think anyone else was like Red in Shawshank. Um, that especially gave him a more fulfilling friendship. Mm-hmm. So I think if Red was let go uh, before um, meeting Andy, I don't think Andy would have made it. I think maybe um, physically, but I don't think mentally. Mm. You know what? I actually do agree with you. And just kind of because everything that you mentioned, I do agree with you because I feel like um, it, it's invaluable to be able to have that person to be able to just have those conversations whether they're serious conversations whether they're more lighthearted, more friendly type you know you're hanging out with your boys i mean i feel like that you know passes the time 
But uh, just to add to what you were saying, I, I just feel like because he didn't have that red connection, um, he probably would have been still stuck working the laundry. And I feel like the sisters would have eventually gotten to him to the point where they could have killed him because they got pretty darn close to killing him already within the uh, the movie. And I feel like if if they didn't you know have that red connection to be able to get to uh to tar the 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 rooftop and you know just kind of gain favor with the guards in that regard um i feel like you know he's still living those first two years over and over and i feel like he doesn't make it to 10 years i don't even know if he makes it to five years yeah yeah definitely it's uh in prison it seems like the mental game is what what hits you hard and without red because i feel like you know the other inmates uh were cool too but none had the same type of comfort and maturity as red did yeah plus man that that a uh, voiceover voice man it's so soothing <laughs> freaking freaking morgan freeman i know i i would definitely want him to narrate my life <laughs> <laughs> So good. Uh, let's get into our next topic. And it's another hypothetical, like I uh, mentioned a little bit earlier. Uh, topic two is, do you think Red would have uh, adapted to life after prison? You know, you know, he was granted parole after 40 years at Shawshank. If Andy had not escaped Shawshank or if Andy had killed himself like everyone th- feared um, that one night. So do you think he would have adapted to life after prison? I think um, that that question that you posed about hope earlier uh, basically answers this question. I don't think he would have. I I think he would have been dead also by the end of the movie if uh, Andy wasn't there. Just because he himself uh, didn't have anything to hope for, even in just the storyline of this movie. If he didn't, if Andy didn't tell him about the box by the tree or anything like that, I feel like he would have lost hope. Basically, that was like the one thing he was holding on to. Basically, not uh, not the the job or just a new world or anything. I don't think he was able to adapt to life after prison if it weren't for uh, Andy. Pretty much. His friendship with Andy is what he was looking forward to. If he didn't have that, I don't think he would have made it. Mm, okay. I will actually disagree with you. Um, but I don't think it would have uh, been... I'm thinking that it would have taken Red a long time. Because, you, know, uh, you know, when we got the Brooks uh, kind of little bit of, you know, his side story, I guess... Um, it didn't it didn't take long for brooks to to realize how institutionalized he was and how you know this mo- new modern world 50 years later after being incarcerated for that long was not for him especially at his age but i feel like red even though he had been there for 40 years i felt like he was still young enough and resourceful enough to be able to figure it out i think it would have taken um i think you probably would have been depressed at times i know that um i feel like i feel like um red is such a 
like a kind-hearted person that I feel like eventually he would have met the right person to maybe uh, put him in, you know, situations to succeed. But I feel like it would have been a lot of work. I feel like he would have been like kind of depressed uh, before he got there. And so I feel like he would have survived um, barely. And so, because I feel like um, he, his, you know, persona within Shawshank would have eventually have taken over. You know, I feel like, again, he would have eventually built up a network uh, of, you know, connections to be able to help people out, even though he is a little bit old, obviously older now than he was before. But I feel like, um, I feel like Andy even thinks that red underestimates himself. And I, so I feel like, I didn't want to underestimate red, you know, cause I feel like he's, he's more resourceful than Brooks was at, at that point when he got, um, freed, I guess. That's true. That's true. Because like you said, he is pretty resourceful and he has a good personality too. It's really the mental game of he, if he can, uh, have someone to rely on, uh, like a support system pretty much all about that for him and when he gets on the outside but uh that would be a hard one especially uh, if it's someone who doesn't understand who what he went through like andy did then it's a it's a tall order to fill yeah so i mean you know the optimistic side of me is just okay all it takes is really one connection to be able to kind of survive and uh kind of get you through things you know because um you know sometimes people are put in your life for a reason right and i feel like all it took, all it just takes is one interaction. So, um, you know, we, you know, one of the things that we pride ourselves here at the weekly real podcast is to involve the audience. And so, um, man, Shawshank Redemption, again, we've said it, um, we sound, we sound like a broken record. It's one of the best movies of all time. And obviously it is set in prison. And so we wanted to ask you, what is your favorite movie set in prison? Um, actually, Jeremy, do you have one? Yeah, it's going to be Escape Plan with Arnold. No, I'm just kidding. No, it's not. Um, I, I wanted to meta, uh, mention uh, Shutter Island with um, with DiCaprio. That's a really good one. Not Yeah, not Escape Plan. That was okay, yeah. but I don't really remember too much. But yeah, Shutter Island. Shutter Island's definitely better. <laughs> um, I don't know if this counts, but The Rock? Does that count? <laughs> I mean, it's... It's, um, I guess it technically takes place in a prison, <laughs> but it's not really a prison. Uh, you know what? Yeah. If that doesn't count, I'll, I'll mention the green mile. That's another Frank Darabont movie. Um, and so, man, uh, you get Tom Hanks, um, Gary Sinise. And, uh, I forget. I mean, it is, you got Tom, Tom Hanks at, at near his peak. Um, mm-hmm. and you get Frank Darabont and you get, uh, Shawshank redemption vibes. Um, just kind of, kind of in a different way have you seen the green mile yet yeah yeah long uh, it's been a while and i just remember it's a pretty long movie right yeah it is pretty long yeah. i remember just seeing the movie the one time in theaters um i probably should watch it again i feel, I feel like it's been what a, a couple decades since it came out already yeah i just remember it's a really good one it's a sad one but uh yeah um yeah just it, it takes a while to get through <laughs> Yeah, you, you just got to be in the mood for it. But anyway, <laughs> um, 
definitely, uh, if you do want to uh, answer our audience question, if you want to share uh, what your favorite movie that is set in prison, uh, definitely hit us up on uh, Instagram or Twitter. Uh, what are our social media handles? It's going to be at Weekly Real. You can go that on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. And uh, we, if you want to actually send us a more long-winded, uh, more thought-out uh, answer, you can also email us. And what what is our email? Uh, it's going to be uh, theweeklypod at gmail.net, right? Uh, I don't even know if that – I think you're going to get like one of those uh, – you're just it'll just come back <laughs> if you try to send <laughs> an email that way it'll just it'll it won't go through so our real email address is weeklyrealpod at gmail.com jeremy let's take a quick break All right, welcome back from the break. And Jeremy, let's get right into our weekly real awards. And so the first award that uh, we're going to hand out is the I Don't Feel So Good Award for Best Death. So Jeremy, uh, which death was your favorite? Oh, man, it was a bit hard for me, actually. Um, I was going to say the Warden Norton, but I think I'm going to choose the heartbreaking one of Tommy. I'm going to choose because the way they set that up, it's like, okay, why does freaking the warden want to meet him out there? And then you start to slowly realize like, no, no, no. And then uh, Mr. Krabs <laughs> shoots him. <laughs> Hadley starts shooting him with a sniper. I'm like, no way. Because all the work, obviously, that Tommy did uh, to pass that test and what uh, Andy had to do and he basically he was about to get out he wasn't like a he wasn't a lifer like like andy or red uh he had a life ahead of him so basically when you see him die it's like there was so much hope lost in that moment and so i would probably want to say it's that's the one of the best deaths in the movie because it hit so hard yeah i mean he wanted to educate himself because um, he, you know, he was still a young kid, really, and uh, you know, he's he's just a horrible thief, as uh, as Andy as Andy likes to remind us. And remember, he actually has a, I guess, a young daughter, I guess. Mm-hmm. And so, just to, you know, if you think about like the overall like picture or whatever, to have his daughter now be fatherless because of just politics, because you know, Warden Norton wanted to keep. Andy within the walls of Shawshank um man it's it's definitely heartbreaking and and the fact that Mr. Krabs shoots him not only just the one time because he was dude that rifle ate ate right it just went right through him that first Mm. shot was enough and for him to get shot three additional times after that was brutal yeah dude I just love also the way like the 90s used the blood squib still to boom boom it's like dang it's brutal man yeah, no. You knew something was bad when uh, Warden Norton was smoking or whatever, and he puts out the cigarette and he just gives that look up, and he's like, and then he just steps aside, and 
And all of a sudden, Tommy's, I was like, what are you looking at? And, uh, and then all of a sudden, cut to. <laughs> and it was kind of funny how Hadley, it was like in the shadows and then he slowly steps into the light. It's like, no, what? I know. That was brutal. Uh, well, actually, I'm going to go with the uh, the heartbreaking, uh, another heartbreaking one for me. Uh, my winner for the I Don't Feel So Good Award is Brooks death um mm. man i mean you mentioned it a little bit earlier um that voiceover he does as he's reading that letter that he sends back to the guys uh, when you're talking about uh, actually i wanted to read it out but i mean you did a really good job uh, paraphrasing it but the dear fellas i can't believe how fast things move on the outside i saw an automobile once when i was a kid but now they're everywhere the world went and got itself in a big damn hurry. Just like the beginning of that was just a harsh dose of reality. Um, that 50 years, they basically took away his his life, you know? That's what they just basically took. And uh, when when it when it when he ends with, I don't like it here. I'm tired of being afraid all the time. I've decided not to stay. You knew he wasn't just talking about like his job at the grocery store. You're just like, oh no, here we go. Uh, and you know, like he's, you know, he randomly carving. Brooks was here on, I guess, like the like near the ceiling or whatever, and you knew what was coming up, and you were fearing it. And uh, you know, obviously, the tragedy happens where he hangs himself, and he kind of ends the letter with. I doubt they'll kick any fuss, um, not for an old crook like me. And I was like, oh, man, so heartbreaking. This yeah. is probably one of the more heartbreaking scenes um, that I can remember. And just for the fact, man, like that whole little sequence that uh, that Brooks had, it's like he's such a, just a frail old man pretty much. And you know, he has arthritis in his fingers and he's just trying to bag bag the stuff and it's like hurry up and bag the that, stuff. i know that stupid karen <laughs> yeah i know i was like god this guy is trying and then uh he's trying to cross the street and all that stuff and the people are being messed up to him there too so it's uh just that whole sequence was so heartbreaking uh, can you imagine um being put in prison in 2021 and being released in 2071 holy crap <laughs> Holy, yeah, that's that's nuts, and just I don't know. It's just the fact that the imagery of just uh, the whole world weighing on this old man that he just couldn't take it. I think it's so, yeah, it's so sad to see. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, but Jeremy, let's get it right into our uh, next award, the I Am Groot Award for favorite character. A lot of choices, and obviously we got two main ones, but still a lot of choices. So who's your yeah. winner for the I Am Groot Award? It, for me, it's clear. It has to go with Red, played by Morgan Freeman. <laughs> That's my Morgan Freeman. Strongest Avenger. Strongest <laughs> Avenger. It's better than my uh, Jason Statham, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's probably your worst. But yeah, these last couple of weeks have been pretty good. <laughs> um, but yeah, with Red, for sure, man. Morgan Freeman always brings the likability to his characters. And this is probably one of the best characters of his of all time. Um, just the fact that it's 
his friendship with Andy is probably the most uh it's probably it's definitely my favorite part of the whole movie and so when uh near the end when you think he's about to like kill himself or anything like that or just not gonna ever escape Shawshank or not be reunited with Andy uh again pretty much I was anticipating and I love just how the movie ends with them reuniting and I think that's just a testament to their to their bromance for well, how many years was it together? Uh, it was basically about twenty by that yeah. point because uh, um, Andy was there for nineteen years, and then uh, a little bit of time. And then remember the next year, that's when uh, Red got his parole uh, on his fortieth year. Yeah, yeah. So I love, especially when you know they're just two guys that. Uh, become brothers pretty much Mm -hmm. yeah i mean if you think about it too there is a little bit of an age gap so i feel like uh in a in kind of a weird way um you know i feel like red turns into a little bit of a father figure for andy um but uh you know they have those shared experiences and so um i mean dude they're i feel like their conversations were so epic (laughs) yeah yeah and they're they're written so well too the characters i agree I mean, since you picked Red, I'll go ahead and pick Andy um, just because I feel like he, I mean, they were talking about, uh, you know, how he likes to, you know, play, you know, shape rocks and everything, carve rocks. And, you know, one of the things that he was trying to kind of mold was, you know, those chess pieces, which was pretty cool. And I feel like this entire movie, Andy was playing chess with like literally his whole situation, especially um by the end uh when he basically pulled the fast one on uh, on uh, the warden and um basically everyone just just to be able to 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 escape like that um i feel like you know there you know there were times when andy might seem like he's a little unlikable a little cold or whatever but i feel like as you got a chance to know him you got you got you got to know the real andy i feel like andy didn't sugarcoat anything um, I feel like there are times when, you know, he wanted to stick to himself, but there are times when he wanted to do things for others, you know, like I feel like um, like his character was smartly written. I love that one quote. Uh, remember when Andy and um, and Red were talking in the, in the library and he's like he was talking about like the scheme that he actually did for the warden. And he's talking about, yeah, you know, the funny thing is on the outside, I was an honest man straight as an arrow i had to come to prison to be a crook i was like i was dying when, when i heard that originally it was such a good quote and dude you even got a um a, you even got red to be a ha you're a rembrandt <laughs> <laughs> i don't think i've ever heard anyone being called a rembrandt ever <laughs> but yeah, hey we got we got one of those by red uh, from red yeah dude like andy for sure his character arc. I love that he was always a good person, especially when they reveal that he actually didn't, he wasn't actually a murderer. Um, but just the fact that I love his character arc because it's like he, he even admitted, or I guess um, red kind of pointed it out. It's like, yeah, you're, you weren't exactly a, uh, a good husband or whatever, but you're not like a, you're not a murderer, yeah. all that stuff. And I love that because it's like, um throughout the course of the movie 
he almost learns how to open up and show his emotions uh, mm-hmm. by the end of the movie. Because he, obviously, he was very closed off in the beginning. And that's, I guess, in a way, what pushed his wife away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so then, uh, basically, as he opens up, he becomes more free. I I completely agree with everything. Is a great insight on that for sure. Um, actually, I wanted to give a quick honorable mention. I mean, there's so many good characters. I wanted to give a quick shout out to Haywood. Man, I thought he was so funny, man. Yep. Just from the beginning when he's like really just talking to fat ass and trying to get him to cry because he wanted to win all those smokes or whatever. And then when uh, fat ass just starts to... Uh, who he's really credited for being fat ass. I don't know if you noticed in IMDb. Yeah, <laughs> he's that's not, messed up. He's not as fat ass, but um, when he finally gets him to start crying or whatever, and that one line just gets me every time. Haywood goes, and it's fat ass by a nose. <laughs> Dude, it's so good to me. Yeah, definitely underrated character for sure in the movie. Dude. And I also like that one part when he was in the library and he was like listening to Hank Williams and he's all singing really horribly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so funny, dude. And hell loud. <laughs> yep. In the library, everyone's just giving me those, those side eye. <laughs> oh, man. So good. Well, anyway, um, Jeremy, this next award had to be mentioned. Uh, I feel like this was the most difficult uh, one to actually try to award a winner because there's like literally a dozen lines. Uh, this next award is the Why Is Gomora Award for Favorite Quote. Um, I'll forgive you if if you have more than one. So, uh, but do you want to reveal your uh, reveal your winner first? Obviously, easy one to choose would be the Get Busy Living or Get Busy Dying. That's a uh, obviously iconic right there. Uh, but one that one exchange I really liked was when they were um, sorting out the books for the library, and obviously Haywood, it's like uh, the Count of Monte Crisco. It's like, it's like that's Cristo, you dumb shit. <laughs> and then Haywood by Alexandri, dumbass, D- dumbass. <laughs> and then Andy's like dumbass, Dumas. <laughs> You know what it's about? You'll like it. It's about a prison break. Then uh, Red just finishes off the encounter with, we ought to file that under educational too, aren't we? <laughs> like, that's that's perfect, man. And I love it. just the, this exchange of all the characters too. Reminds me of uh, the, the show Prison Break. <laughs> well, obviously, that's in a, that's in a prison also. And I, I feel like a lot of that show took a lot of inspiration from this movie. <laughs> Basically with the, the really smart guy and then uh, all the other uh, friends and support group under him that basically become his friends. Yeah, man. I, I actually put that down as uh, one of my honorable mentions. I'm glad you mentioned it already because, dude, that <laughs> you can't mention uh, Shawshank Redemption without that. They could just... that. Scene makes me laugh so hard every time. Uh, it's like, uh, d- dumb, exact dumbass, <laughs> dumbass. <laughs> when he says it's so good, it's perfect. The comedic time is so good. Uh, uh, just another quick one, just to, like to mention because we talked about uh, Army of the Dead, right? Yeah. And then when Brooks was like easy peasy Japanese, <laughs> yeah. and Thinking about it, because this t- uh, this takes place in the 40s or late 40s, right? 
Yeah, right after uh, World War Two. Yeah, so it makes it like, oh, okay. But um, I just remember in freaking Army of the Dead, we're like, it's like, oh, I don't know if you're allowed to say that. It's like, why not? I'm Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay. It's like, uh, easy peasy, <laughs> lemon squeezy. <laughs> the way he says it is so good. So I, I like that little, um, I guess, I didn't know the joke really until like watching this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, my winner for the Why is Gamora Award, uh, I'll go with a more poignant one. It's actually from uh, the letter that Andy uh, writes out. Because, well, I mean, just like you said, the get busy living and get busy dying, uh, that's so iconic, too. Um, I didn't really want to pick it either. But the one, uh, and it, it, we were talking about hope at the at the top of the, the episode. I love that. Um, I mean, I feel like it's an inspirational quote, really. You're thinking about uh, what um, what Andy put on that letter in that little box uh, under that uh, that tree, under that volcanic rock. Man, that's just, I'm just I'm <laughs> reiterating all of the uh, the instructions uh, by Andy. Anyway, that line is: Remember, Red, hope is a good thing, maybe the best of things, and no good thing ever dies. I'm like, oh my goodness, put that on the, in the back of a yearbook. <laughs> it's so mm. good. But I will give a funny honorable mention. It's actually when Andy and, and Red just have their first interaction and they're getting, you know, they're having that first conversation. Red's like, play, you know, playing catch with someone, you know, with his uh, like old school, like baseball glove. And, uh, you know, they're wrapping up the conversation and uh, Andy's asking what is uh, what his name was. And Red goes, Red, the name's Red. And then Andy goes, Red. Why do they call you that? And then Red is, maybe it's because I'm Irish. <laughs> I thought it was so good. Uh, because actually, in the book, he, mm-hmm. Red was supposed to be Irish. And they didn't go that route. So I, And I feel like that was a perfect meta way to kind of throw in a joke. Because obviously Morgan Freeman's not Irish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love how they just like acknowledge it and then just leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. Well, anyway, uh, let's get into our next award. It's the Avengers Assemble Award for Favorite Scene. There's so many. There is so many. Just like the uh, um, Why is Gamora Award, I feel like this one was a difficult one. So, Jeremy, who is your Avengers Assemble Award winner? Dude, mine uh, has to be the reveal when he escapes. When Andy escapes, it gave me Prison Break vibes. Bringing up Prison Break again, because I think season one of Prison Breaks is really good tv also um but and uh, basically the reveal of how uh, he was hiding that huge hole behind the the huge poster <laughs> i was like yeah. whoa what the heck i did not expect that but yeah i'm pretty surprised that i wasn't spoiled by this considering the age of the movie because i thought andy was gonna die and i was this whole reveal that's when the 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 blood is pumping. You get all the adrenaline of this, the the basically the climax of the movie. It's like, oh, here we go! And just the dude, imagine basically just shimmying in a pipe full of shit, pretty much for five hundred yards. For five hundred, like, what do you say, half a mile? Yeah, half just, a mile, five football fields. Just imagine, I can't imagine that. Just because I'm obviously going out for a run. It's like, oh yeah, half a mile, whatever. But then imagine just like slowly shimmying. 
and just like he he was throwing up at the same time. It it was so satisfying when he finally got out and he was free in the rain, pretty much. Yeah. Plus, you get that iconic shot of him. You know, obviously, you know, wading through the thing, and then he it's it's raining like crazy, and he's just looking up to the heavens. He's got the uh, he's got his arms just wide, and he's just like, oh, I'm free finally. Even though I smell like shit. Yeah, that was crazy, man. That yeah, like he said, he was playing. He was playing chess while everyone was playing checkers. Yeah, yeah. Well, like during the, um, remember the the reveal when like you know the the music is starting to build up. Remember he's he's sitting on his bed and he's got the rope in his hand. What do you think? What did you think was gonna happen? Shoot, man, I didn't know he was gonna use it for to basically rappel down. But I, because like I said, um, not knowing anything about the movie. I actually thought he might have killed himself. Yeah. Like, and it helped that they showed that Brooks hung himself. And that's why they had the, you know, with the with the rope. It's like, what else is he going to do with the rope, right? Exactly. Because there was, it was possibly the breaking point of basically everything that he worked for getting taken away, Tommy dying, basically one of his students. It's like, dang, can you really take much more? Yeah, he'd been in the hole for two months. They hear mm-hmm. that that uh, that conversation with Red, um, you know, like near, you know, on the out, you know, like along the wall or whatever, and he was talking kind of crazy, sort of. It's like, hey, when I get out, or whatever. I'm like, mm, I don't know, are you gonna get out? Yeah, because when when you hear that, like in movies, they always set up the oh, when I'm gonna get out, or when you're gonna get out. It's like, uh oh, this guy's gonna go go do something real really soon, either die or. Obviously, he didn't die, but yeah, I thought he was actually going to die. Yeah. Well, my winner for the Avengers Assemble Awards, a little bit after yours, actually, it's actually um, when Warden Norton sees the front page headline and he hears the sirens in the distance and looks at that saying that his wife created in in that church group. Basically, it says, his judgment cometh and that right soon. And he knew that Judgment was coming because those sirens were coming for him. And then he, you know, he goes into his safe and he takes out the Bible that Andy placed in there. And then that message was so good. Dear Warden, you were right. Salvation lay within. And then he flips that page to reveal the cutout of the rock hammer within the Bible that he had hid for those 19 years. Dude, that look that Warden Norton gave was priceless it was so good yeah definitely there was so much satisfaction and justice uh towards warden uh warden norton and definitely like because at first you're like okay this guy's giving him like uh some leeway and stuff for pretty much helping him all that stuff but then when warden norton started basically uh when he definitely crossed the line when he killed tommy that's like, oh, shoot, this guy needs to go, man. And I'm glad that before uh, he left, before Andy left, he was able to settle settle the warden. Yeah, I know. It's so crazy because obviously, you know, Andy ran all the books for him and he, he knew the ins and outs of everything. He knew how to be able to exploit everything in his favor. Um, and he obviously knew that, um, that Warden Norton and Hadley... 
uh, we're the ones that killed Tommy. And so just to kind of continue that, dude, the fact that we got Hadley getting arrested and then that Red's narration is so on yeah. point at the by the end of this. He was like how uh, Hadley was sobbing like a little girl when they took him away. It was so good. And then this actually was probably one of the, my favorite quotes, but I didn't want to mention it here because I knew I wanted to mention it here. This is probably one of my favorite quotes. It says, uh, Red goes, I like to think the last thing that went through his head other than that bullet <laughs> was to wonder how the hell Andy Dufresne ever got the best of him. Dude, Red is so good. With the yeah, dude. What a savage, man. Yeah, when he said that, just the way he delivered that line, too, I was like, yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> so good. Uh, double entendres. I love him. Well, anyway, Jeremy, we've gotten to the point where we're, you know, very competitive guys. We are, you know, we're going to be talking about guessing the Rotten Tomato score. And Jeremy, you've been on a hot streak in terms of getting as many points as you could. I mean, I'm barely hanging on to, you know, staying within striking distance because there's only uh, only a set amount of episodes that we do have left in season two. Um, and so the current score right now is 12 to nine. You're up. And so, uh, I mean, since this is your first time watching uh, the Shawshank Redemption, I wanted to give you first crack at uh, guessing the Rotten Tomato score. All right. Hopefully it's not going to be anticlimactic like last um, MCU episode. But I'm guessing 98%. And guess what? It is anticlimactic because wow. I guessed 98% as well. <laughs> God dang it. <laughs> dang it. All right. Oh, well. man. I, I kind of knew this was going to kind of happen just because, you know, this is one of the best movies of all time. And there's only a little small little there's little wiggle room to be able to guess. Well, let's see how close we both were. And, you know, the updated score now is 13 to 10. Uh, this We've basically gotten points on the like four out of the last five movies. I think that we watched something ridiculous like that. Mm hmm. Okay, so Shawshank Redemption, 1994. Whoa, we were way off. Uh-oh, shoot. 91 on the Damn. tomato meter. All right. That was lower than I thought it would be. Well, anyway, um, uh, do you want to guess what the audience score was? Uh, 93. You know, actually, they were right on the money with us. 98. Oh, shoot. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, 13 to 10 again. Uh, Jeremy's just killing it. I need to, you know, make it so that he's not getting points every week. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but, you know, what? we've come to the point of our uh, episode where we're giving out our final award of uh, the episode. It's the I Love You 3000 Award where we rate... Um, well, in this case, the Shawshank Redemption, a rating of one to three thousand. And so, Jeremy, what do you give Shawshank? All right, man. Uh, I'm going to give it a twenty-seven hundred out of three thousand. So that's a solid ninety percent. Uh, it's not my favorite movie that you showed me so far. It's it's up there for sure, but I still have to give it out to um, it, Catch Me If You Can. Ooh. Because I still feel like I really like that movie, but I'm really glad I saw this movie. I know I I was I was trying to debate what score to give it, and I lost track of all my scores already. <laughs> no, um, you're telling me. 
(laughs) (laughs) I knew I liked it when I told myself, okay, I'm just going to watch an hour of it and then uh, finish the rest later just because it's getting late. And then I ended up just watching it all in one go. Really? Oh, shoot. So that's when I know I really like it. Good to to hear. I'm just glad that you ended up liking it. Um, Again, this is one of my favorite movies of all time. It's top five, I think. Uh, So I'm obviously going to give it a higher rating. I'm giving it a 2960, which is pretty darn close to 3,000. It's uh, loosely 98.7%. So, yeah, no surprise from me, I guess. So uh, I just can't wait until I share another one of my favorite movies of all time in future seasons. So, um, yeah, we'll see. So um, I guess... Next week uh, would be episode 36. Do you want to preview next week's episode? Yeah. All right. So get ready for the opposite of Shawshank Redemption. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be F9, the fast, fast saga, I think is what they're calling it now. Yeah. Fast and Furious. We're going to be talking about that next week. We got flying cars. We got uh, John Cena, which, you know, as a freaking... Vin Diesel's brother. I don't know. It's the complete opposite of yeah. freaking the Shawshank Redemption. And I'm kind of excited to watch it in a way. Um, just to see what the hell are they going to do now after the last three Fast and Furious movies have all blended together. <laughs> in yeah, my mind. I agree. I mean, I feel like for me... It- in I think around the sixth one, I think it peaked for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the last few de- have definitely pe- uh, basically blended in together. I'm kind of curious to see how you know things you know kind of change, especially coming off of the heels of a spinoff like Hobbs and Shaw. I kind of I'm curious to see if uh, they kind of bring some elements of that movie or if they just stick to the fast formula exactly because uh hobbs and shaw was better than i expected it to be considering but i'm especially after uh fast eight fate of the furious because yeah. i don't remember what happened i just like i said the the rock pushed a torpedo on ice <laughs> that's all i remember <laughs> and i think that was in the trailer <laughs> yeah for me i'm just looking forward to fast 10 because i I know that you're going to call it Fast 10, your, you know, your seatbelts. <laughs> <laughs> Freaking A. <laughs> Fast 10, your seatbelts. <laughs> That's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I've been holding on to that one since we were talking about uh, F9 uh, in the newsreel earlier this season. <laughs> I was like, damn it, I forgot to give, give my corny joke. <laughs> yeah, but I, hopefully it's... So bad that it's good, I hope, at least. Yeah, man. And I can't believe it's uh, a little bit longer than the Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> We're in for a two-hour and 25-minute... Masterpiece. Masterpiece. <laughs> Epic. <laughs> Frick, man. Oh, man. Well, anyway, Jeremy, uh, do you have anything pl- uh, to plug uh, for the next week? Yeah, you know what I actually want to uh, mention is that uh, we have a YouTube channel called Time to Rise Films. Right, so I'm actually working on something right now. Uh, I want to. I'm probably going to start promoting it pretty soon. It's a little project I've been working on for um, since 2018, off and on, 
and uh, everything is slowly coming together. So subscribe to Time to Rise Films on YouTube and uh, get up to date on all that stuff too. So I have a little project going on there pretty soon. Yeah, something that we had, uh, well, the channel that we cooked up was what, 2014? Yeah. When, when did Time to Rise Films like uh, be incepted? Yeah, that, that that was definitely 2014, summer of 2014. 2014, yeah. So uh, this channel has been around for a while, and so definitely ch- uh, check it out, subscribe to the channel. Uh, for me, you can uh, follow me on Instagram and Twitter, at FreakNA, and then, uh, yeah, we'll put all that information on the uh, on the show notes like we normally do. So uh, any final thoughts on Shawshank Redemption? I'm glad that I wasn't spoiled, man, because there's obviously movies that are so good that... It's you're bound to get spoiled for them, but I'm glad that I don't know. I thought Andy was gonna die, but luckily nothing else was freaking spoiled for me, and uh, I'm glad that I finally got to watch a, a classic like this. Like I didn't yeah. even know that it was 1994 <laughs> movie. It, yeah, felt, it feels timeless. I know it's pretty crazy that um, I mean we get the double homicide with uh, Shawshank Redemption, and we got a double homicide with O.J. Simpson all in the same year, 1994. (laughs) It's pretty crazy. Uh, But yeah, I'm definitely glad that you did like this film. I can't wait to share the next classic with you that's in my top 10, top 5 area in in future seasons. Um, I know that, um, you know, one of my favorite parts of of, uh, this show is being able to share um favorite movies with one another um i i loved whiplash a couple weeks ago um and so i'm glad that you like shawshank redemption and so again uh we definitely want to thank you all for listening and we'll see you next time on the reel <laughs>